0: Greetings to the wisdom community. This is Reverend Jay Glover with you today. Um, Today I want to talk about a a biblical story that is often referred to as the the rich young man. And and the topic is the rich young man and Jesus. So um, I'll I'll read it quickly and then we can go on to talk about it a, a little bit. And again, I encourage you to, to come in and, and dialogue with me and share your thoughts about this story, especially if you are familiar with it, or if you have any um, you know, reservations or, or clarity um, that needs to be introduced um, through this story, let's get to it. So I'm going to read it. It comes from the Gospel of Mark, the 10th chapter, the 17th to the 20th verse, and it reads in this way. It says, as Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal and do not give false testimony. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. So now, this is a great story with with much to talk about. Um, So what we find here is uh, a young man. We're introduced to a young man who runs up to Jesus and falls on his knees before him. He then addresses Jesus as good teacher. And on, on the surface of this story, all seems to be well. He, he appears to be sincere. And he certainly has gone through a series of, of activities, let's say, that seem to be rather pious. He, he runs to Jesus. He falls on his knees and he calls Jesus good teacher. And it seems like this man is is coming to the Lord with a moved heart. Um, Again, the the story comes from the Gospel of Mark, the the 10th chapter and the 17th verse. And it's a story about a rich young man and Jesus. So um, everything seemed to be going well. And then he says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? So now we know that this young man has wealth. and, And my Bible in the chapter heading refers to this passage of scripture as the rich young man. So, so yes, we are told immediately that this young man has accumulated wealth and he has a lot of material um, acquisition and is probably used to through his privilege. He's probably used to getting what he wants when he wants it. He probably, and I'm using my imagination here. He probably, um, devel- developed a sense of self-sufficiency and maybe a bit of privilege and arrogance. But we definitely see a sense of urgency in his life as he, as his, as he runs to Jesus. We, we even see a posture of reverence as he dramatically falls on his knees. He seemed to be quite reverent and humility seems to be visible to the natural eye. But there is something about the way he asked this question that is suspect. He says, what must I do? What must I do to inherit eternal life? So again, using my imagination, I I, I say that he was probably sure about his checking account balance. He was sure about his bills being paid and he was sure about his investments and his holdings. After all, he obtained all of this because he knew what he had to do to get it. But now, after calling Jesus a good teacher, and and he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Hmm. Maybe he worked hard for his wealth. Maybe he inherited it. The Bible does say he was a young man, and maybe it was inherited wealth. But the focus of his inquiry let us know that he was unsure of one thing of his eternal life. And he he navigates this earthly existence with certainty because of his wealth, but he's unsure of how to attain eternal life, which he believes is attainable through and by what he must do, not what God does by the way. It's 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 what he must do. He asked the question, what must I do? Perhaps he thought that eternal life was attainable through some uncertain meritorious work that he could do to secure this eternal life. He has everything else in life, and all he needs to do is to figure out what can he do to inherit eternal life. And Jesus, you know, he he interrupts this man's thinking with, Why do you call me good, Jesus says. No one is good except God alone. Now, I'm sure that this young man is taken back by this response from Jesus. And Jesus then proceeds to dismantle this young man's disingenuous, pious, or religious thinking. But before I go on, I'm going to, um, you know, of course, I I welcome you to, those of you who are are listening, um, uh, I welcome you in to talk and to, to dialogue with me about your feelings on this story, what it is that is so important that Jesus would begin now to dismantle this man's um, inquiry. So Jesus answers, you know the commandments, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, do not defraud and honor your father and your mother. So, yes, Jesus reminds this young man of teachings from the law, the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments. But now this young man is on a downward spiral. We saw him fall on his knees, but now we see him about to rise on the throne of self righteousness. And standing face to face with Jesus, he, he fixes his lips to say, Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Now, first we saw him attracted to Jesus when he comes running and falling on his knees and calling Jesus good teacher. So first we see him being attracted to Jesus. Just like me, I was attracted to this idea of Jesus and wanted to know more about it for myself. But now, uh, when Jesus reminds him of the law, the young man says, All these I have kept since I was a boy. Now, if I see anything in this part of the story, I I say, you know what? He's actually lying to Jesus because because we know that no one is able to completely keep the law. The law was unkeepable, as they say, um, and it was sent as a teacher. So I have a good reason to doubt the, the veracity of this young man's statement. You know, we have, we have biblical teaching that tells us that there are none righteous and that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But what I really love about this encounter right at this point is that Jesus, we know he's omniscient. That means he, God knows all things. Jesus knows all things. And, and we stand before God in all of our transparency. Why should we dare to think otherwise? After all, we we don't get to hide anything. But Jesus didn't respond to this young man by telling him, you know, you're a liar. You're unable to keep the law. He didn't tell him that this claim to keeping the law was a lie birthed in the sewer of self-righteousness. The Bible says that Jesus looked at him and loved him. So first we saw him attracted to Jesus. We saw him lying to Jesus and now we see him being loved by Jesus. Now, don't forget now I don't I don't intend for this to be a preaching platform. You can come in anytime and share your feelings about wealth and God and and you're holding on to wealth or perhaps what it is about wealth that is good or not good. Does it draw us away from God, or does it, does it? Can we possibly possibly be drawn closer to God by using our privilege to the glory of God? So instead of Jesus calling this young man a liar, which He did not do, He looked at him and He loved him. He didn't offer any condemnation to the young man. He looked at him in his eye and loved him. Jesus saw him in the middle of a lie and loved him anyhow. Praise God for that. So this reminds me of the scripture from Romans that tells, tells us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So the love of God was not withheld from this young man. And even though the, the man is as pious and prideful, and self-righteous and manipulative as he was, Jesus looked at him and loved him anyhow. He goes on to tell him one thing you like, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. Now we get to see, well, let's see. So far we've seen the man attracted to Jesus. We've seen him uh, fall on his knees. Then we saw him uh, inquiring of Jesus. We saw him actually lying to Jesus. We saw him loved by Jesus. And now we're getting ready to see him walk away. Because of this. Jesus told him, Go sell everything you have and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Now this text can be exploited in many ways. And I hope somebody's out there listening that can bring some clarity to me. To the misperceptions around the story. So the Bible says that at this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. So in answer to this great question of what must I do to inherit eternal life, Jesus responds with a great answer that, that targets and exposes the man's own idolatrous affair with his wealth. The answer given by Jesus reveals what we refer to as a disordered attachment. It reveals the man's attachment to something that occupied a place in his heart that only God should have. Jesus tells him to get rid of his wealth and to use it for a charitable act. He tells him to distribute it to the poor. Now, I must say that wealth doesn't have to be an idolatrous thing. This was this young man's problem. You know, having money is one thing, but when your money has you, instead of you having it, when your money has you a slave to it, then you are in trouble. So the man was unable to detach himself from his wealth, and he rejected the invitation of Jesus, and he walked away. So in this young man's mind, he concluded, Jesus, you have gone too far. I can't accept your proposition. I can't, cannot accept your invitation. I cannot allow you to have a place in my heart over my wealth. So today, you know, again, I, I would suggest that accumulated wealth is not the problem. However, there are many other things that can stand in the way of our complete surrender to loving God. For some of us. The, the accumulated wealth is a problem, and, and the way we go about the chasing after this wealth, if we don't have it, is another thing that can keep us frustrated and 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 turn us away from God. I mean, you know, you, we hear stories and teachings that, um, you know, money is the root of all evil, and the, it, it's not the money that's the root of all evil. It's It's how you use it and how you get it and what you're willing to do to to earn money are you willing to um you know um, steal and and murder in order to get money or or can you earn money some other kind of way and then when you do um achieve uh, some wealth um what do you do is it all for yourself or for new new toys or are you willing to uh, work towards the betterment of humanity out of your privilege so um you know, this story kind of ends, it says Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. And the, um, the disciples were amazed at his words. And Jesus said again, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It's, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. But the good news today is that we don't have to allow wealth, the pursuit of wealth, to keep us, uh, to turn us away from God. And often, uh, you know, there's a, there's, a man, there's a young man who I've heard on this uh, wisdom app who seems to have a, um, a, a, a healthy perspective on wealth, getting wealth. And and let me see if he's on here right now. I don't see his name as listening, but I appreciate his um, his uh, approach to money, getting money, and what how much of a hold that the money has over his life. So th- this story is then about somebody who simply the the, the pursuit of money um, has overtaking his thought process it's 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 keeping him enslaved and he cannot be liberated he refuses to be liberated even by jesus jesus spoke to him spoke truth to power the power that was holding this man enslaved this is what jesus addressed immediately and unfortunately the man walked away and couldn't um couldn't uh Accept his uh, proposition. So now I have a guest joining. His name is Alfred Odom, and I'm entirely excited about him being here today. And welcome, Alfred.
1: Uh, welcome. Can you hear me? Yes, I can.
0: Loud and clear.
1: <laughs> uh, good. Good to be here. I, I tell you, this is my first time joining joining this.
0: Well, but it's I, nice to have you.
1: Um, I heard you talking, and I saw the topic. And I think you, you know, hit certain things and, and hit it home. Uh, I, I think with this rich young ruler, I'm not sure of how much of the background we have. But the, the story that I see, you know, he focuses on what do I need to do? And he talks about, well, I've kept the commandments and you you briefed on that. But when he's told to sell what he has, I, I think it speaks to where he saw the riches. Because it it starts out him being a rich man, so you know he has. Right. So I think his priorities are such that he can't seem to let go of that. And I think that is a a form of reliance for him. So he has his security in those riches. Mm -hmm. So I think when we look at the times in which we live, you certainly cannot uh, live without some degree of finance. Absolutely. I mean, so... The, the, there's no, I think, a wrongness in the in the finance. Right. I think it more so has to do with the perspective and where you put God and your right. reliance on him. Absolutely. So if you're acquiring the wealth and that is where your security lies, that can be taken away from you because mm-hmm. it's just as quick as you can get it. Uh, it can be stripped away from you by circumstance. Mm hmm. So you have to have a total reliance in God. And when you have a total reliance in God and that perspective of God is my security, God is my help, that's my love, that's, you know, where my heart lies and I follow his direction. Then when God blesses you, either through sometimes it could be miraculous things that happen that you acquire and it could be the hard work that you're putting in through the blessings of God, of him giving you the strength and the ingenuity and the mindset to acquire. But you keep that in perspective such that you're not dismissing God and the love for him and your allegiance to him and just relying on the wealth itself. But you learn how to use the wealth for the benefit as you've brought out for humanity. Mm-hmm. But your trust is in God. So therefore, if the wealth should go away or or if it should lower for a a minute you still um have that joy on the inside and you still have that faith and belief and trust and it doesn't take you from the the center of where you're going because i think in life we have to chart a course Mm -hmm. and you have to stay on that line of where god is directing and leading you and sometimes with circumstances happening in life you can get what we say maybe discombobulated or thrown off track if things aren't set a certain way for you Mm -hmm. so if you're one that just has trust in the wealth and the wealth is stripped away then your uh, allegiance to god tends to waver because you didn't have a true allegiance in him your security was in the wealth but when you gain the right perspective then you can stay you know moving forward and i think this rich man uh, there was a, a fault in his whole perspective and where his allegiance was, and I think by God saying that it pointed it out. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, you know, uh, for, I think you you said it well, and 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 um, I look at him as being first of all privileged, and he was used to getting. Uh, and I'm using my imagination here, simply understanding a little about about the culture of the day, and, and the, the conditions and life conditions from from our historical readings, but. Um, He was privileged and and the way he asked this question of what must I do? It seems like you know, he's used to being able to get what he wanted when he wanted it, you know Okay, I want I want a car. Let me just go buy a car. So to me, it's almost like he's telling jesus listen um, Almost like how much is this gonna cost me? What do I have to do? Right Mm -hmm. and and it's and it's not you know, sometimes we romanticize these biblical characters Um, (laughs) We need to (laughs) Act you know understand that these are people you know, and, 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 and um, so he had this great privilege and self-sufficiency, and now that begins to become dismantled. Now, you cannot, you can't help anybody in this world if you don't have any money. I mean, you know, really, you can't, you know, give somebody, a, um, a buy them some food or some sort of material help without being able to um, cover the cost, as they say. Um, so it's not that the money in itself, sometimes we hear that, that money uh, when Jesus said how hard is it for a um, a rich man you know to to go through, it's easier for the for a camel to go through the eye of a needle you know than it is for a rich man to get into head the kingdom of God it's because of this attachment this disordered attachment that we have to to the the privilege in this world the 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 accumulation the acquisition of goods and 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 things that that um, and really this idea of self-sufficiency, it's hard for somebody to trust in God completely. I personally look to God as being the source of all of my provision, right? <clears throat> and when I need some help, I know where to go, who to go to.
1: Amen. Amen. Thank so,
0: so um, again, the story is, is now there's, there's um, I think that we also live in a world where unfortunately we have examples of exploitation of of finance the finance world and even through the church i mean through tv preachers through small churches and large churches we see um people exploiting the the collection of money for all sorts of um things that that are not necessarily attached to to furthering ministry the ministerial work or the kingdom of god for that matter so you know this is uh, a that um that turns people away from the church um and and if if you feel disgusted by what somebody's doing with the money that's given to them then be disgusted you have a right to 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 do that and and um but we got to remember that we are the church and we need to make it right so so alfred let me ask you a question um have you ever had a um a feeling that that money was a bad thing to
1: have. Um, that's a good question because that is something that uh, I think coming along, I struggled with a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and I probably should say a lot bit. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, it, not the correct, the uh, most correct English there, but just to make the point that growing up, you hear. At least me growing up in, in church um, I've heard a lot about uh, money and uh, evilness And you don't necessarily hear it in the context of that Okay, it's it's a necessary thing But you hear it more in the context of the struggle that you may have with it Or you um, the person that has is almost looked at um, like something is wrong with them And... It, it's not necessarily that It was always presented In a way where it was hit Head on but it was like the subtle Messages or right. the subtleties In the messages that Gave you the, the mindset That you're not really Striving for the, the top there because people will Talk about money and they will Maybe romanticize Or talk about people that have a lot But right. when it comes to the, the teaching sometimes that I found in, in, in church, it wasn't always pushing the person to have the most or, right. or to do very well. Now, in my home, my parents talked about doing well, but when you balance that against sometimes what you're hearing in the church and the messages, um, it could give you mixed signals. And it okay. wasn't until,
0: sorry. Let me just say this: You've got like a minute left, and oh, sorry. No, what I (laughs) want—no, what I want you to do though is—I know you said this was your first time coming onto this app. I want you to come, just call back in, just come back in. Okay. When your time runs out, just come back in, and I'll I'll let you back in because I think you have something. You said something there. Um, Oh, okay. um, So in in another minute or so, it'll cut you off and just come back in. Um, And you know, so not only do we have these poor teachings. Or poor approaches, but we have some really bad examples of the exploitation. You know, like these. You know, I think that the the question is: Does your money draw you close to God or draw you away from God?
1: And I think you have to have a good foundation as far as a relationship with God, and keep the money in the context of you need it and what good are you going to do with it? But God is first, so. It, God teaches you to be excellent, and I think we should operate on a frequency of excellence. But you have to have God first and follow what God has for you to do. And I believe the money will follow, and mm-hmm. it's what you do with it.
0: So you right. do need it. Right, absolutely. Absolutely. So I think you just cut off. I want you to come back in. Um, again, you know, I can't... Um, I can't. Um, dismiss the fact that we've had some really poor examples that have turned people away from the church, people that, and I don't have to call any names, but you know we all know that there are people who, who fleece the flock as they say as they call them pimps in the pulpit and and oh, this is a bad thing it, it stains the, the church it stains the, um, the the ministry of the church the, um, and, and we need to remember that we are the church and, and we need to, to make it right so um You know with this this story this young man he was unable to to liberate to be liberated from this attachment to material goods and and you know when i watch television today and listen to some of the religious programming um you know we're 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 promised this this wealth around the corner by some some circles and um and i think that this is a, a distortion of the gospel I think that um, if you go, if you pick up your Bible and think that God wants to make you make you rich, and that's the end of the conversation, that you have all the toys in this world and live this luxurious life, I think that's a, a reductionist view of what the gospel is. Now, of course, there's prosperity in the gospel. Of course, God will prosper you and bring, bring, um, uh, give you some wisdom on, on how to achieve, uh, get wealth and how to keep it and how to use it. But um, if that becomes the primary goal of your relationship with God, I think that's problematic.
1: Um, I, I would agree with you. And when you read certain books that talk about wealth and you look at the, the scripture itself, scripture does teach excellency in what you do. Um, mm-hmm. Because we should approach everything we do in excellency. And when we talk about the wealth, the wealth isn't always something that you're just striving because I want all this money and I want to live on a house on the hill. No, the wealth comes with service. And scripture teaches about being of service. And, and when you, God has placed a, a particular talent or uh, something in you to do a specific task, um, you service is, is a big thing when we talk about what you acquire. So if you have a talent or a task at hand, It's usually you serving well in that that is going to uh, bring those blessings and and bring that wealth. And you do need to have in order to help someone. My dad once said about you can't charge someone else's battery if your own is weak. And I think you alluded to that concept. So we have to remember, I think, service, Mm -hmm. uh, operate on a frequency of excellency, Mm -hmm. and keeping God first. And when you do serve and keep him first, and it's and have a concern about humanity and what happens, that wealth will follow you, and it's a matter of what you're doing with it, and that you're blessing others with it. In addition to yourself being blessed, but you're blessing others, there's a purpose all behind it, not for you to hoard it somewhere in the corner,
0: right? And you know, and, and about service, um, you know, we don't always have to start out by doing big things. I mean, I, um, I meet people who who want to go to Africa and build water wells and build schools, and these are all great things. I, I know a woman who who um, brings health care to people in Nicaragua. I know uh, um, plenty of examples of fine ministry works that is done you know domestically and internationally. But we don't always have to start out with these huge ideas. We can do something small to to serve somebody else. You can give some by somebody. A bag of groceries, somebody who who needs something Um, or or, um, a a book, a backpack for a child who doesn't have a backpack to carry his books to school. So so we don't always have to start out at the uh, um, as we strive for excellence and strive to grow in our ministerial efforts and being a blessing to other people. We don't have to start out big. That's what I'm trying to get at. Uh,
1: Most definitely. And what is big sometimes is relative, because (laughs) when you think about these old organs, where um, there was a person behind there churn, um, turning it for it to work. You see mm-hmm. the person playing, but you don't see the person turning it. Or, or the trains, uh, y- years years ago, even before my time, the mm-hmm. people back there putting in the coals for the, the, the engine or the to, uh, to train to work, but you may see the person uh, driving it and directing it. Mm-hmm. So it, it's all about perspective sometimes. So when we talk about service, God may... Have you It could be a person um, and I'm not diminishing any jobs is not one necessarily bigger than the other. But when you say starting out a particular place, I I could be called to maybe I'm end up being the best barber around. I'm Mm -hmm. excellent in that and and I'm doing it well or take it with the church. Like sometimes my father used to say that you would never know that maybe I was a lawyer because I'm out there sweeping. But you got to sweep the best way you can. The the things that you do, whatever the service is that you're endowed with doing, do the job well. Do it with excellency. And in doing that, uh, excellency will follow you. And when you're serving, serving is one of the greatest things. It may Mm -hmm. seem like something people don't want to do, but it's one of the greatest things because you touch other people as you're doing it and Mm -hmm. you just make the whole ship move because Mm -hmm. there has to be somebody Moving it and, and allowing things to flow. So, service is important. It's not the greatest thing that you have to do all the time. It's
0: whatever task you've been designated to do, do it well. Mm-hmm. You know, I had the experience of going to um, San Diego with a group of students, and um, the student was telling me how he wanted to do, do all these great things for the people there. You know, the, there is a lot of migrant uh, activity, um, you know, people trying to come through. Through the border, across the border of Mexico, and um, uh, so he wanted to do all these great things, right? And while while he's telling me what he wants to do, these big projects, and I'm trying to tell him, listen, everything doesn't have to get, be so big. You'll get stuck, and you won't do anything, right? Because you can't build a school just yet. <clears throat> but while we're having this conversation, the woman comes up to us, the woman who is a cook in the church, and and she um, she asked. Could somebody please hang up her clock? <laughs> so he was—he hung up. I said, "There you go." See, so he hung up her clock, and she was thrilled, you know. <laughs> um, and often, what happens with these ministry efforts is we kind of um, formulate ideas about what people need, as opposed to allowing them to tell us what they need. You know, we we go somewhere, we go overseas, and tell them, "Well, you need, you know, you need, uh, you need a suit and a tie like I wear." And 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 we try to get them to assimilate our into our identity and our practice as opposed and we determine what their needs are um, before even finding out what their actual needs are, and what they want. So um, even in helping folks, we have to make sure that we don't um, have this posture, condescending posture where we are the great saviors of of, without you and ignoring their actual needs and wants.
1: I totally um, say amen to, to all that. It, it reminds me of a concept of a phrase I've coined that listening is a light switch to understanding. Mm. Sometimes we, we talk and in conversation, but we're not listening because you already have in mind what you want to say, but mm-hmm. you're not hearing what the concern is. And sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, you can address a situation better if you just listen. And this all gets gets back to your topic of as far as with that rich man. And sometimes we look at the wealth and a person just says, oh, I want the wealth. But do you have the character to handle the wealth? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not such that I think we, we're here just to be wealthy and sit in a corner. Um, and it's a matter of, do you have the character to handle it? Because some people don't have the character to handle it. And some people just hoard it. Um, mm-hmm. But God does everything uh, decently. And, and when we follow him, He will he lays things out and he has a plan in place. And if you just follow, you know, let him guide your footsteps and Mm -hmm. be excellent in what he gives you to do and Mm -hmm. be conscientious about it and, and do it well. And just remember that he's the one blessing me. And when he blesses me with something, what am I doing? Am I giving back? And it's not that you can't do anything good for yourself. But what is your overall Idea and I'm going to end with this Because I got a few seconds Okay, it, it, There's a statement Ralph Waldo Emerson that I like It says sow a thought and you reap an action Sow an act mm. and you reap a habit Sow a habit and you reap a character Sow a character and sure. you reap a destiny Everything works in, in order When you think about uh, Character, mindset and growth You think about uh, your mindset How it's tuned You think about Your uh, character, which is an outpouring of your mindset, and then you think about growth, your maturation process throughout it all. And when those things flow together in the power of God and surrounded by his righteousness, then I believe that wealth will flow in line with how God wants it to be for you.
0: Alfred, you have a um, uh, um, a series that you do. Oh, I know it's on Instagram and and it's on um, uh, YouTube as well. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because you know I I, I listened to some of it, and and I appreciate the um, I really appreciate the um, the re um, revisiting the 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 process of the, your your. Um, personal you know you you you, you give a a word of encouragement to realigning ourselves in a good way so can you tell us a little bit about the the um the messages that you post on um, first of all what is it called
1: um there's a youtube channel i have called take time with your mind
0: Mm -hmm.
1: it's called take time with your mind Mm -hmm. and there's different playlists on that youtube channel and the playlist you're referring to it's called um Positive thought of the week
0: right.
1: So in these positive thoughts They're only maybe a um, Between a minute and two minutes The most maybe three minutes and something Right. Um, but it speaks to the. I think the different Things that are necessary To channel your mind And when your mind Is right then your character can get Right and mm-hmm. it's those things that I think are necessary when you talk about Aligning yourself to walk In the way to see the best of yourself and god wants to see the best out of us i believe Mm -hmm. god has placed the gift in all of us and he wants to to see that come to fruition so you have to align yourself uh properly in order to see the best out of yourself so there's a book that i just did called unleash the greatness within you Mm Nuggets for the journey and it speaks to those um positive thoughts that i put out there and it's, you could read each chapter isolated. It's only maybe a, a page or two or three pages for each chapter. But right. it just speaks to uh, doing the things necessary to get yourself the line right and to pull, pull out of you what God has placed there and to be excellent in what you're doing and to basically show yourself to the world um, your voice. And your voice right. is that gift that's within you
0: right so what i like about the thing that the port the, the uh, segments that i've heard that you do was that it, in in reminding and going back to this scripture when jesus said um when the, the young man tells jesus oh I, all these things i've kept since i was a boy now the question is what are we keeping that that stops us from actually loving god uh, with excellence so um you know, it's a, your your talks for me are a um, source of liberation, um, and the, the, this young man in the story refused to be liberated. And and um, what I like about your segments are that they give actual guidance and thought for a person to sit down and quiet themselves and, and meditate on what you're talking about, in uh, in uh, with the goal and of, of being ultimately gaining some notion of liberation from those things that we keep that keep us from our most excellent self
1: i appreciate you saying that brother i mean that um just thank god that you draw that from that and to god be the glory with respect to that uh i just thank him in that regard
0: and i also noticed that you 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 know for your personal experience um i noticed that you did this weight loss thing right And and it was a transformational um, uh, moment in your life. I don't know how long it took. I how long did it take you to lose all that weight?
1: I want to say from last July up until... um, And it's not even July again yet. So we're talking probably like nine-month period.
0: Right, wow, Um, wow, wow.
1: And and that was a a journey, but it it speaks to the things that I talk about, and I thank God for that because I could... as i'm talking i often tell people sometimes you got to preach to yourself and when i say i use the word preach, i use it in quotes because i don't mean you necessarily give yourself a whole sermon but sometimes you do have to talk to yourself and the same things that i'm uh, speaking that god gives me to say to others i listen to it when i'm on the way to work you know Mm -hmm. and it helps me on a, a daily basis i'll just let the playlist run and i'll listen to it and it helps me when I when it came to this weight loss. I had to channel my mind. I right. saw the picture because I often talk about if you can see it, it can happen. Amen. So I saw the picture of what I wanted to look like, mm-hmm. and then I just tuned my mind into that's where I want to get to. And then I started eliminating certain things, and I started because when you do certain things, you start creating a habit of where you want to get right. to. And right. uh, like that statement, you sow an act, you reap a habit. Um, And then I have to look at the food differently, you know. Um, But now that I've done that and and still working with it, Mm -hmm. I say to myself, you know, what is it that you can't do? And not that that's the only thing I've done, but it's a a big accomplishment for me that because it helped me be healthier. And I just felt better. And, you know, it's just was a wonderful thing for me. And I thank God for that. So I thank you for bringing that up.
0: Well, I bring it up because you know this young man in the story—he had a disordered attachment to his wealth, right? And his property, and his 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 uh, his attachment to it was was perverted. And and so your weight loss was—you obviously you had an attachment to something that was keeping you your weight above where you wanted it to be, right? and, and, and uh, an attachment to uh, maybe the way you ate the way you exercised or whatever it was um, it wasn't working for you but but the good news is that you um, you realigned your thinking right yes. um, you may have heard something from somebody I don't know what inspired you uh, what was the inspiration
1: well one I uh, I'm gonna uh, be totally transparent here. <laughs> as, I, as I seek to be one um, I just saw myself and I said I was getting tired and you know I was sitting more in the office I wasn't running up and down the courthouse like I used to and I just you know didn't feel the same and I know I said this, is, this has to give you know and right. I, I still didn't crank it up but I knew it had to give and then you know uh, I'll tell you God has you know blessed me to meet this young lady
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, That'll do it. And, and she,
1: and she, <laughs> she's like really set my heart afire, and I mean, you talk about a wonderful love and a you know a Christian individual that was what I needed, and and just someone that uh, a love I never felt like that. So that was another inspiration. You asked my brother; he was like, "That's what took it over the top," right, <laughs> you know. Right, but, right, right, right. but I did it for me. But right. that certainly didn't hurt.
0: It was an inspiration, but here's yes. the, the beautiful part: is that you you be, you became aware of a condition that you a place that you didn't want to be, and you were able to um, you know be liberated from the, the that which 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 kept you in a place. You were holding on to some things, and you let those things go. This young man in the story, he couldn't let it go, and he walked away. So suppose you would have looked at yourself in the mirror. And and you said, you know what? I can't do anything about this. I'm gonna be like this forever, right? And and you gave up. That's what the young man in this story did. He couldn't. He couldn't. Uh, you know, um, he couldn't part with his with his idolatrous affair with this wealth. Um, so I, I'm happy for you that you found this this um, the motivation to be liberated, and actually you actually did it. I saw your picture, man. You're looking rather GQ-ish. As they say. <laughs> You know,
1: I tell you, I believe we all at some point are faced with that type of issue. And mine was uh, on the weight loss level, but of course, faced with the issues on other levels. So when we talk about this young man and what he had to be able to part with or either put in perspective and who says he would have had to part with it forever.
2: Right. It's just right. that,
1: you know, that was the question posed to him and the in the commandment given to him mm-hmm. but we in order to uh draw the best out of us and to allow that gift to be utilized to god's glory that's in us sometimes mm-hmm. there's things we need to do to get at it It's talk i talk about mining the gold within us and mm-hmm. in mining that gold sometimes it it may look like uh things are getting a little rough but you know, um, I talked the other day, I talked about how rough roads sometimes lead to beautiful places. Mm-hmm, so absolutely. that was a rough road, maybe for that young man. Maybe not. It wouldn't have been for someone else, a rough road. But he didn't understand how seemingly what looked like a rough road was going to lead to a very beautiful place. Right. So, so I that's think that's something we have to keep in life and understand.
0: Right. So. So, Alfred, you know, with myself, I um, when I was a teenager I wanted to be a, um, I wanted to be a rock star with an emphasis on the star right and I played guitar and this was really the, the what I thought would be the path in life that brought me peace, prosperity and happiness. And I achieved some, some success in the music business uh, as a young man and um, but, uh, it started, uh, as you know, they, you heard the old saying, um, you know. The, the, well, the, let's put it this way: the lifestyle that goes along with the, in the music industry, it wasn't doing me any good. And um, it was, uh, I got to play with a very well-known group, Grammy Award-winning group, and and I decided that in prayer, I decided that you know what, I will give this up if God would just give me a job i will walk away from all of this because i it was it wasn't good for me and i would um uh so people would ask me why did you quit doing that for this and for me you know that's what worked for me um and i was liberated from this attachment to this stardom um and and through the music business and i was liberated from that and actually um now that placed me on a, on a path towards um, peace and liberation so so you know sometimes God speaks to us in ways that like Jesus did this young man he gave him a course of action to take but if you don't take it and 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 separate mm-hmm. yourself from from that which enslaves you then you know it's just like the story in the bible where Jesus raises um, lazarus from the dead and then he tells the people around him to take the dead clothes off of him and they begin to imagine that, Unwrap him, the, you know, the things that had him wrapped up and held, tied down in death, right? You know, they, they wrap you up when you, when you die. So they, they he told them to take these dead man clothes off of him, and that's what that's what your um, that's what your talks do. They they are helping people to take the dead man's clothes off, and 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 mm. and, um, and and realign their thinking and and. And embrace the invitation from God to towards excellence and wholeness and peace and prosperity and all of that with the right mindset. You know, mm, that was a, I, well, I think that, I, said that, said I like something the way right you put there. that. <laughs> yeah, I like the way I like, I like the way
1: you put that. Take the dead man's clothes <laughs> yeah. off. Oh. yes, Goodness yes. Gracious. You know, there's there's a there's a um, young lady. Her name is Brianna Kakamisi. Mm-hmm. She has a YouTube channel that she just started not too long ago called Self-Discipline Starts Now. And she's a young girl. um, Young girl, but she really, um, I think, hits home at the Mm self-discipline. Because when we talk about um, drawing the the best out of us and being in the positions that God wants us to be in and following God, and we know it takes prayer and the Holy Spirit working within you. But understand that it, throughout all that you know your your mind is a big part of where you are and you do have to teach yourself uh discipline and the way she breaks it down is like puts it pretty raw and like one of her last talks that i listened to talked about like stop lying to uh-huh. yourself. <laughs> and what she was talking about when you say you're going to do uh-huh. something you know set out and do it you know even if you say like you're going to go i'm going to use my weight loss when i was on the journey um i had to keep talking to myself and it was a challenge and it still sometimes is a challenge but you know you you grow you mature and you know when you mature sometimes a bigger challenge is coming but at least you're on the right, right road right. but she talked about when you say you're going to do something do it even if you say you're going to go to the gym do like not right. do it because you start creating a habit right. and your mind feeds on that habit so if you say you're going to go and you don't go then the next time it's like your mind Yourself doesn't even believe right. it's,
0: you It's about integrity so
1: if you, you, Yeah so, so go for five minutes Go go right. for two minutes but go right. So um, I, I think that's a, a big piece also I just want to uh, Raise her YouTube mm-hmm. channel And s- tell people about The self discipline like it, On this journey you have to be true To yourself and it, and it takes some work But through prayer and just You know taking a step forward you know you can do these things and like this rich man didn't understand that he had to part with that in order to see the great the greatest thing but yet he was his mind was clouded on what he saw right mm-hmm. there so sometimes it's a frame of reference and perspective and you have to have that faith and trust that if god says go forward if the the word says go right then you got to go right in the and uh uh the joy is in going right it's not just because you're comfortable right. sometimes you have to get out of the comfort right
0: well you know the bible in it, in and of itself the whole story the love story of the bible as they call it is it invites us to a place that requires a response from us it's not just you know it's not just for us to um to have this theological intellectual um uh rendering reconciliation of who god is but we we should be led to a response so you have to do, and that, that's, I kind of guess that's where the word disciple emerges from, the discipline part, <laughs> you know, mm, and and, and mm, I'm not just talking mm. about a set of rules of do's and don'ts. We, we've 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 created a, a reductionist view of what it is to be a Christian by, oh, you can do this, you can't do that. If you do this, you're going to hell, and all this kind of stuff. Um, mm. Don't play golf on Sunday, you know, and all of these kind of different <laughs> rules. <that laughs> right, right. Um, which may be far from from the liberating power of God. So um, the Bible itself does call you, invite you to a place where um, you get to rest in the in the finished work of of Christ on the cross, and you but you're also called to partner with God as we work towards love, justice, and peace in this world. You know, I'm really concerned about what's going on in this world. I have a funny feeling that my my that heaven's gonna be fine (laughs) but i'm really concerned with what's going on in this world and how we can be the the body of christ the the hands and feet of god in this world to make it a better place and it takes discipline and, and the, the the Bible does call us to a place of action, a place that we, that we need to respond. So, you know, you had this revelation about yourself. You saw yourself in a certain way and you saw yourself attached to some things that you needed to get rid of. I saw myself attached to some things that I need to get rid of. And I think we can call that or what, the, what we refer to theologically as sanctification, where you're becoming more like mm. more christ-like in your thinking and your doing um through god's leading you know um uh, i know you you said your inspiration was the way you looked at yourself and the way you felt and, and the young lady but i believe that God gave you that inspiration as well and 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 led you and said now here's the thing can you do it just like he he off? he told the young man to do this he told you to do this and you did it and, and look how, look how much um, uh, Your life has prospered Since you, you accepted the invitation and, and acted accordingly You governed yourself accordingly I,
1: I would have to say amen to that um, Because you know There could be things placed before us And thoughts that come to the mind To give you an impetus to do something But God has a plan mm-hmm. at work and, and God knows where you need to be To get done what he wants you to do right. So us in our, in our thinking may sometimes look at it like, oh, it was this or it was that. And sometimes different things are needed that God puts there. He knows what moves us and, and how to get us up and moving. But there's always a plan at work. There's always something greater. Um, there's a, a greater plan at work than just us. We, we're not here just for us. But, you know, I, I look at life as I often think of this as a, this great tapestry. Where um, we're woven into it And we each have a, a, a task of what we do And it, it's, it seeks to blend together To create the, the beauty of it all. Yeah. And you know, God has something for us And I, I just love the way you do it uh, And I, I'm going I'm to be quiet when I say this If you allow me just 15 seconds To sure. say that I love the way that you put things together You've always done that as far as how you lay it out And how you deliver it and the fact of you doing these types of talks is just awesome and um i think life-changing
0: well i thank you for those kind words and i want you to shoot me your um shoot me your bio stuff because you know this is going to end up on amazon and spotify and youtube and all over the place all those different podcast formats and and uh, um i have a by the way i have a website um, for those of are listening, it's www.reverendjstuartglover.com That's um, R E V J A Y at Glover G L O V E R dot com, and um, I try to put everything in one place there. So, Alfred, if you send me your uh, some bio stuff, I'll put it up there tonight, and um, we can hear this thing on all those different um, platforms. I really. Um, would invite um, if there's any, I see there's numbers here of like 54 people that are passing through this talk um, if there's anybody here who has any comments about about um, having wealth and and the idolatrous relationship we can have with wealth or anything that keeps you that leads you to be to walk away from God and that could be wealth it could be anything it could be bitterness and anger it could be racism it could be uh, There's so many um, things that uh, have the potential to keep us away from God. But what we're talking about is being liberated from those things. And we believe that God extends the invitation for us to be liberated. And Alfred is a a fine example, even with the weight loss um, uh, um, project that he he took upon for himself. And he did it, and he's working for him. And he's, like I said, he's looking rather GQ-ish now. And... (laughs) In his, in his presentation, <laughs> he's he's a lawyer. He's probably running around the courtroom um, in, in a little bit quicker. And and um, um, I, I did want him to I did want him to um, tell us again the name of his uh, his his platform. That's I know it's on I know it's on YouTube and and um, <clears throat> and what other playlists he has. I'm not sure. So I want him to just repeat that one more time. Tell
1: us where we can find it. Yeah, it's a YouTube channel, it's entitled Take Time With Your Mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, take Time With Your Mind. Um, and you, if you look up my name Alfred Odom, you'll see it, or Take Time With Your Mind, it's a YouTube channel. And that playlist on that channel, a Positive Thought of the Week, is where I give those positive thoughts. And on Amazon, there is a book called Uh, Unleash the Greatness Within You. It's the second book I did. It's Nuggets for the Journey, and it incorporates those uh, positive thoughts that I put together. And I think it's a a good read to uh, basically what you were speaking of as far as uh, drawing the best out of us and making you reflect. And uh, it's a good book to sit down and just kind of reflect on when you just read the little Nuggets of where you are in life and it's seeking to draw the best out of you
0: so i think i think and what about the young lady that you mentioned um with her her... uh
1: her her name is brianna kakamisi Mm -hmm. it's Mm c-a-c-a-m-e-s-e and her channel is self-discipline starts now a young lady and just a powerful way she delivers it and how she breaks it down it's just real and gets right at you so it's self-discipline starts mm-hmm. now is her YouTube channel.
0: Yeah. So, um, you know, again,
1: uh, and she's a life coach. Oh, by really? The way. Wow. Yeah. nice, nice, nice. Yeah. And-
0: there's a, there's a lot of, um, life coaches on, on this app. I noticed that, um, so I must say this though, that when, when God, you know, I believe God prospers us, but it's not always through finance. Um, there are so many ways for us to be liberated again from. We can be liberated from bitterness, from self-sufficiency for, or self-righteousness. Um, there are so many things that that um, try to pull us away from God. So one of the things that we need to try to do is in prayer is to try to um, to ask God to, to show us to let it, let us see, give us the wisdom to recognize what it is that's pulling us away from God, and 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 then. When God speaks to you, you need to have the integrity. As Alfred said, don't lie to yourself. If the, if your deepest desire is to do the will of God, when God speaks to you and tells you what to do, do it. And you can have great results as God prospers your life. Amen.
1: Amen. Yes, Amen to that. So,
0: um, you know, again, if there's anybody else that um, wants to join in, it, um please do otherwise I'm going to be signing off. I thank the the people who are um passing through I see Todd Martin is there Todd if you're there I wish you'd come on in um Todd was on, on the last broadcast that I did and and it was a one wonderful he's a he's a horse trainer and and, oh, and okay. he, um, he he did a wonderful job. And so Todd is going to join us now. Alfred, thanks for coming. Oh, you're and, quite and, welcome. Uh, and shoot All me right. that bio stuff. All right. Will do. God bless, Todd Martin. It is so good to hear from you again. How are you, sir? Hey, we're good, Reverend. I'm How are doing you? so good. You know, I we were talking about um, the these things that. Keep us from trusting God. What are we keeping? You know, this rich young man and Jesus. Jesus, you know, he, he said to Jesus, "I've kept the law all my life," and we know that's not true. So, 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 because <laughs> nobody can do that, right? So, um, you know, right. we first the story starts out with, you know, we see this man. One, one did though. One. Did. Oh yeah, how about that? <laughs> Just one. <laughs> Just, Just one. one. So we. <laughs> But there we saw it. this man he was attracted to Jesus he was drawn to Jesus he comes running down and falls on his knees and then it goes downhill because then I feel as though he started lying to Jesus about what he was able to do by keeping the law and in spite of his in spite of his his lying right and and being self righteous and all that Jesus it says that he was Jesus looked at him and loved him anyhow right so he he went from he went from being attracted to Jesus to lying to Jesus to being loved by Jesus. And then he walked away. So he was holding on to something. Which was his wealth. That he couldn't part with. He allowed it to have a place in his heart. That only God should have. And he couldn't. God led him to a response. And he couldn't accept the invitation. So what, what do you think about that? Well. Um, I look at what he
3: said. And his what his response mm-hmm. was. As um, something that I see. And a lot of um, a lot of people that are successful. Um, I saw it in a lot of me mm-hmm. um, at, at the early beginning of of my walk in and coming to, to the knowledge of Christ. Was um, I um, I had a lot of success and as a as a horse trainer and a competitor and um, and had all these things that were, life was just on fire. Right. And it was, it was good. And, uh, and so when it was good, you know, I, I think that, uh, a lot of us, you see, you hear a lot of that success story, uh, revolves around, um, you know, I got to work and I did. I, I, mm-hmm. I. And so if we see ourselves and we see our value in the things that we've won, the things that we've accomplished, um, the wealth that we've we've made whether that's you know monetarily wealth or famous in 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 the sight of others or whatever whatever it is right whatever wealth it is that we look at and we find our identity mm. in it. um and so i think the the biggest flaw or the biggest um lie that we can tell ourselves or is is finding our identity in that yeah. And it's hard not to. Right. Right. Um, I think it is something that I thought was really a crazy observation. Um, because I, I um, so to be a horse trainer and to train horses for a mm-hmm. living, um, you have to, you know, I can think that I'm really good at training horses, but really um, it becoming, finding really good horses is, is really the right. trick because um, I'm only as good as the horse that I'm mm-hmm. riding, And, and um, understanding that um, the further and further I got into it, the more that I could remove myself from the situation of the good horse, the more that I allowed that good horse to reveal his abilities rather than trying to rest on my own abilities. Because right. um, whenever I tried to make it happen, I may have made it worse. <laughs> but uh, um, but I also in the, the time from doing that I ended up working and writing for a lot of people of wealth mm-hmm. and um, and they saw and identified mm-hmm. themselves with um, with their accomplishments and their money right? right. and um, and I think that was a big eye opener for me mm-hmm that when I started to look into it that men, because God gave great wealth in the life. There were many Abraham owned and had many, many of them, very, very wealthy men. Jacob was a very, very wealthy man. Um, But they were they had great responsibilities. They saw that as not of uh, that great wealth as who they identified themselves with. Mm -hmm. But it was it was a great burden. That came along with mm-hmm. it. Um, it's the to whom much is given, much is expected. And not only were they responsible for that money, but they were responsible for all those families and leading all of them. It was truly a uh, 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 one who had to lead from a selfish point of view, a selfless right. point of view, not right. selfish. Um, and uh, and you couldn't you couldn't lead from that. And finding your identity right, in it,
0: right, right. Well, some of us, some of um, us, you know, um, today, one of the problems that really gets to me is that um, you know we've become very individualistic Christians, and and it's all about how God is blessing me, and nobody go, looks beyond their own salvific experience to work towards helping um, the world be a better place.
2: Mm. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think there was. Um... I heard it
3: said by Ravi Zacharias once um, in a story that he was telling about um, the, uh, when Christ took uh, the coin out of the fish's mouth and said, Who's, uh, whose uh, image is on the right. coin? And, and he said, Caesar. And he says, well, then give to Caesar what is Caesar's. And, and one thing that he said that he said he wished that he had followed up with was whose image is on you? wow and that was pretty profound yes, it right is. then give to God's image is on you and if he's God's image is on you then give to God what is God right Amen. and understanding um understanding that place your place in that mm. um and the responsibility that came along with um I think the hard part about that is it comes with more sacrifice right It comes with more selflessness and more burden and continuing to grow um in that understanding and sometimes that's hard that's even harder to do well
0: you know when when you mentioned the you know and i think we talked about this a little bit last time when we talk about this image of god and you said whose image is on us we have to contend with you know um our theological formation our spiritual formation we have to rely on what's been told to us as, chi- or build upon what's been told us as, as children um, and, and the, mm. uh, in our family networks and, and, and now we have the media mm. who's, who's really putting out all this imagery that you feel as though that you need to identify and this is what you want to assimilate to and, and unfortunately oh. it has the power to, to draw us away from the image of God in us and, and as we try to assimilate to being something else, you know, uh,
3: I think that's really something else. Like we talk about that. And then um, I think something that we miss a lot is is what is God? I mean, like because we want to associate ourselves, we want to we want to find our identity so much and we can find it in our in our money, our accomplishments, and as men, I mean, like one of the biggest things that as men we find our identity in our jobs, right? Right. And it was the first thing that we ask each other, "What do you do?" So what do right, you do? Right. You know, right. <laughs> like why? Wow, because it's just it's a it's a you know it's, it's it tells me a little bit about right. you. What's your you know what are you right? And um and when we are looking at all that, we we start to identify ourselves with you know where we came from I'm I'm a Texan mm-hmm. I'm ai I'm a, wear a cowboy hat I'm a am a white male that's 52 mm-hmm. years old and and we even like even our skin colors that's so ridiculous right. that that is what we identify right. ourselves with right. and in mm-hmm. our in our and where what part of the what continent we came from right. and you know all of that and and then the part that, uh, that is astounding to me is that we don't know what God's image is. Like that we don't take the time. I think mm-hmm. that's something that we lose. Is that in God's word, he's giving us, in his word and in his creation, he's giving us what his characters mm-hmm. are.
0: What his image is and what his image is that he's laid upon yeah. you. Well, he certainly doesn't um, leave us without guidance. He says, love your neighbor. And, mm-hmm. and I think we fail at that often. Oh, and I think we fail. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> I mean, I think we fail at that. So, God, it's not like, um, first of all, when you said, what is God's image, um, the Bible is supposed to be uh, a source of revelation. Now, we talked last week, and you were talking about revelation through nature, and that is absolutely Mm -hmm. profound and true. But the Bible in and of itself, Mm -hmm. the scriptures are also a a source of God's self-disclosure towards humanity. And and he tells us about himself, and and um, uh, and what how we can learn more about God is by spending time with God um, through His Word, through prayer, and as we talked with Alfred, through it all, we should be led to an appropriate response. Um, um, Todd, there he goes Todd is coming back Oh, no, this is Jason Kinte Jason, you know, Jason If that's you, I'm glad that you came in I had you in mind earlier Because I heard one of your talks There he is, Jason, how are you?
2: Hey, one of
0: the thousand? Yeah, I heard I think I got a pretty good um, a Sample of, of some things that you said And the reason why I'm glad you came on I actually mentioned you earlier in this talk Because, you know, we're talking about um, this rich young man approaching Jesus. And, you know, in it, um, in it, we saw that, um, you know, he he was obviously he was attracted to Jesus. He comes running to Jesus and he falls on his knees and calls him good teacher and all this kind of stuff. And then he gets around to to asking him, what must I do? to inherit eternal life now we know that you know we can use our imagination to know that he had a sense of privilege on that day to have us uh, accumulated some sort of wealth um and then jesus you know then he 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 jesus tells him to to um you know the laws right we'll do that and 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 he says well this is where it starts to spiral downward for this young man he says i've kept all of this since i was a boy and now we all know that nobody can keep all the law for their entire life right so i like to say that at this point this young man was lying to jesus so he he was attracted to jesus he was he was um he could he approached him and and he 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 was now he's he lied to jesus and now he's being loved by jesus anyway and when jesus tells him to get rid of his wealth and 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 he he can't do it and he walks away so now, the reason why I liked your talk that bit that I heard was that you seem to have a um a healthy perspective on getting wealth and and um being liberated from a disordered attachment to the wealth. Can you tell us something about that, Jason?
2: Oh, yeah, for sure, you're absolutely right. Um, I think that I' say even from the beginning, when he said good master, mm-hmm. right? And I don't, I'm a so Bible reader in English and I could probably read it in French, but I didn't learn all of the Hebrew and uh, Aramaic mm-hmm. and all of that right but but in the translation I have uh, I have my first Bible from December 1st 1986 that was just a new international mm-hmm. version and regular English but even I've read it in the King James and, and everything I don't think you have to say wherefore art thou to understand Absolutely. it but whatever it was in terms of good master the fact is he didn't know Jesus was actually mm-hmm. perfect He didn't know he just thought he was a Mm. teacher right because Mm. nobody knew it says later in scripture like who do men say that i am so even his disciples right right, it was it was a wonder if they even knew so and the only holy spirit Mm -hmm. revealed that to them so then he couldn't have known so if he's going up to jesus saying good master i think he was a suck up right yes right because i think he just goes up to teachers that seem like they got a lot of wisdom and stuff and he just goes up and sucks up and i see that all the time Mm -hmm. i'm in these rooms on clubhouse and i'm there and i'm retired at 45. Mm And I see there's somebody else, it's somebody else's room, so I just go in the thing and serving. And the people that are, are poor of mindset, they think the person with the moderator has the power because they say, I've got $2 billion in net worth, or they say, I've got 1,000 properties. I met a brother on the app. He said he has 1,000 properties. Mm. So, the, so, so me, I wouldn't want 1,000 properties. That's too much right. work that's too much stress if i had a thousand properties right now and the house prices are going you know go kind of going down like my house i got out when it was a million dollars so it's just gone down now so the thing is if i had a thousand properties i wouldn't have a thousand properties a thousand properties would have me because i would have to now figure out which ones i'm going to offload all of the tenants would now need some relief because the recession is is here actually it's about to be actually officially right so then everybody would want relief right they'd they'd want relief so i'd have to attend to the property managers that report to me and they'd be asking for exceptions and which ones I'm going to guess. And then, even when you give exceptions, then people are going to still do insurrections when you don't give exceptions to as much right. as they want. Okay, so they're going to still complain about tenants. I know. So I'm free because I sold my house and I don't need property to right. be free because the thing is, I wouldn't have the property, property would have me. So I see people in rooms and I give the simple advice. Of my seven steps to entrepreneurship, millions—the same advice that helped me retire at forty-five—and mm-hmm. because I don't say that I have two billion dollars in net worth or one billion dollars or a thousand properties, mm-hmm. the person that created the room that has like a thousand properties, or they have, or they say they've they've done this amount of sales, I mean, they say they've done one billion dollars of sales since like nineteen ninety or something, mm-hmm. right? Or they say, right? So the same people, I give the seven simple steps, mm-hmm. and I'm—I've been a financial advisor. The real estate was the last thing that I learned, right? But I've been an investor, I've been a, a, a Bible reader mm-hmm. since grade three. I've been a writer, an author since grade mm-hmm. five. I've been I was g- passed a gifted test in grade seven. I was most outstanding student in grade eight. I got a ninety-seven percent in grade nine math and my dad asked me what happened to the other three, so I got a hundred percent in grade mm-hmm. ten math to make my father proud of me. I got the highest marks in English, Latin, law. So I understand the law, I understand I don't even understand if I had to do it in Latin or in French, triple party français. I could say everything. Mm-hmm. And explain the whole thing to them in English, French, and internet. Because the first thing I was, it was an internet website de- uh, developer in terms of well, a website investor about the highest, <laughs> the most valuable website since 1999 when I finished working at Microsoft Canada, right? And even if those were wrong, I still managed my other finances okay, right? And I still worked at Microsoft after, and I worked at uh, another financial institution, Manera Solutions, which is owned by the biggest bank in Canada, Royal mm-hmm. Bank, and uh, the first bank in Canada, which my mother worked for for 33 years. So when I was in the my belly of my Mm -hmm. mom i was working for the bank okay and when and and when i and and when when i was in my dad i was a scholarship winner when he was in antigua since 1944 he was Mm -hmm. born and my dad's parents and my mom's parents they probably had intelligence so i apply all my godly intelligence Mm -hmm. from reading the bible and everything and i say this is the seven Mm -hmm. steps and the people crawl over me Mm -hmm. Forget about me, and they suck up to the person that has the green moderator right. badge that says they've, and it's the same advice. But here's the
0: thing I like about your testimony and your story is that, you first of all, I'm gonna propose right now to the listening audience that this this the the gift that you got, the, your inspiration came from God, to liberate you from being enslaved by. Properties and and over you know too much wealth and and not and and you becoming owned by these things. So God gave you the the gift to be liberated, but you had to partner with God. You had to do something. The Bible in in, in itself calls us, invites us, and calls us to a response. It's not just, now. You could have sat there with all this inspiration and you know just sat there and did nothing, and you'd still be working. <laughs> So so I so you were you know you were um you were inspired but you acted on the inspiration. And that's what I'm getting at.
2: This Amen. young man Amen. The, I went to the psych ward yeah, first. There you go.
0: Well see, you know, this young man, he um he couldn't uh he couldn't part. With his, um, with the property, he couldn't part with his stuff, and he couldn't take the uh, with his privilege, and he didn't want to rechannel it into into a positive way. And I don't, I, Jesus probably would have let him keep it if he would have just been not so enslaved by it.
2: So, oh yes, yeah. not only that, this is the way I tell it, and this is all conjectural. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> Jesus said, "Sell, sell all you have, and give it to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me." I think if he sold all of it right and gave to the poor and showed that heart of obedience to get rid of it and remember and i also i make it better because i say he could have had slaves Mm. too Okay, because the thing is they had slaves then it wasn't a race thing then it wasn't a dark skin right. thing then There's slaves were just you owed somebody money You couldn't pay it and you work for seven years or you work for less right. time to pay off the debt So we could have had right. slaves because he was wealthy, right. right? So the thing is if the person can't pay the debt you they work for you for a while for free to pay yeah. off the debt So he could have had slaves so he didn't want to give it But if you want to give away everything mm-hmm. like that and just follow Jesus then You don't know what it could have happened because the thing is if you give away everything and obey God, right? Then you follow him. You get even more. It's just different, right? So he could have followed Jesus and then next thing you know, Jesus takes him and in that day, yes, they ended up dying. But look, we would have been talking about him like Peter. We could have been talking about him like like, uh, the tax collector Matthew. We could have been reading about him. He could have had his Mm -hmm. own book. Mm-hmm. Think right. about that. Isn't that much better?
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. So he 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 refused the liberation. He refused it. Um you obviously um, you took the invitation. I believe it was God
2: inspired you. Acted oh yes, God did it because I realized that everything that happens, when you get saved, when you really understand who God is and that he created you and he has a plan for your life, you can look back on your life and even the, the mistakes you make, they get replaced like sifting sands. A, prom, a rapper that used to I used to, uh, a gospel rapper in Toronto named Promise, His he has lyrics. It's not exactly this, but I, it's inspired by him. I give him credit because it's, I don't have to take credit, but in, in the end, of the. Today, it was God inspired him to write something and then I kind of modified it but he says God takes mistakes that people make and makes a masterpiece right so when you realize that God planned everything God planted that first Bible into Gideon's hands mm-hmm. and and told them to come to my grade three class and say that if you read a little bit of this book every day god will bless you but he planted me and my family my parents were already bringing me to church he created everybody like that and when you accept him you understand why he made you who you are where you are Mm -hmm. and then you can soar and live your God-given dreams and give him credit.
0: Well, Jason, I want to thank you for coming. I'm going to sign off now. Um, I want to thank Jason, Alfred Odom, and Todd Martin for joining this conversation. And and I, um, I hope, Jason, that we can connect our paths cross again in the, in the near future. Um, I think you have a, uh, you give a wonderful path to liberation and people should stop and listen um, because that's what we should strive for. We don't want to be owned by our stuff. <laughs> we want to own some stuff and and, and have uh, God in front of our lives. Um, I thank Alfred and Todd Martin again for coming out. And the good news is that God is able to liberate us and but but from our stumbling blocks. And God is able to free us from that which holds us back from from completely surrendering surrendering to God. God is the God of liberation. So, but it requires us to partner with God. And, and, and act. The, the, the Bible should lead us to a uh, and the Holy Spirit should lead us to a response, the one that's led by God. And in doing so, um, we will be prospered. Not so that you just get the bigger house or the, the shinier car on the hill um, so that we can be the uh, the arms and the legs and the feet of, of God in this world to make it a better place. So until... Uh, Next time, I'll come on again next week. Try, try to be on the same time as now. Um, God be with you and God bless you. Thanks for coming by.